0: Hello, and welcome to Newton's Dark Room Presents Member Spotlight. For those just joining us, we are a collective of artists dedicated to scouring the countryside and cosmoverse to bring you the best in multimedia storytelling. In today's episode, we'll be telling you the story of S. Owen so famed finger painter and visual contributor to NDR. Owen grew up in the kind of suburban mountain town that only exists due to honeymooners and Pacific Crest Trail hikers. Contrary to the infinite flat of the Midwest, Owen's town couldn't seem to stay still. The entire community was defined by the steep hills, ditches, canyons, and curves of the land. Owen lived at the top of all this. And unlike in the city where a higher apartment means a higher status, here being higher up on the mountain only brought hardships. First of all, the road was steep and impossible to drive in the winter. Secondly, one couldn't even enjoy the view due to the sheer amount of other houses. His home did have its perks, however. For example, it was right on the edge of town. This meant that Owen could spend his days exploring the forest of his community. His favorite place to go was called The Canyon, a large ditch sitting a little into the forest. In reality, the canyon was a large drainage canal used to prevent flooding. It ran all the way down the entirety of the city. Owen knew this. He also knew that nobody else came to the section by his house, and that made it special. What made it even more special was when, for Father's Day, he and his dad went to the canyon to build a swing. Owen's dad was a firefighter, a crucial job in the mountain towns. And earlier that week, the fire department had retired some of their old hosing that fell just short of safety standards. The two of them took the fire hose and a plank of wood and found a nice sturdy tree. The tree's branches hung out over the canyon. Owen's dad carefully climbed to the top of the towering tree and tied the hose on an outstretched branch. They fed the hose through a hole in the plank and tied a massive knot on the end. Their swing was complete. Owen could now soar far above the bottom of the canyon and returned safely to the tree trunk at the cliffside. And he did. Many times. In fact, Owen would go there every day after school, rain or shine. One day, though, something peculiar happened. I mean, I probably wouldn't be telling this story if it didn't. But it did. And it wasn't just one something, it it was a couple of somethings that all stacked into one big super something. Firstly, there was the fog. The fog was heavy this day, very dense. Some of the townsfolk even claimed that their gas mileage went up as a result. The scientific community didn't verify this, but they never denied it either. The other something was the hose. Over the months, it had began to stretch under the boy's weight. Nothing of notice, but steady. This added some unplanned length compared to when they first built it. Now, I don't know if it was the grayness of the day or the excitement of the final day of school, But Owen was especially daring that day. He pulled the swing back further and farther and went farther and higher up with each swing. He continued in that way, further and farther and higher up until one swing, he didn't come down. The denser swing swung back through the fog, but the light-footed Owen was stuck on top. What's more, he couldn't get down. He tried digging through the fog to no avail. He felt a cool wind that made him shiver, and he put on a jacket that was wrapped around his hip. The wind also made the fog move. He couldn't necessarily see through to the ground, but the peak of the mountain that poked through the clouds started to move away. And the fog drifted along, with Owen on top. As everyone knows, fog is not created where you see it. There are only five or six actual fogs out in the world. They simply do a good job of making their rounds. Owen, as a result, saw very much of the American countrysides. It was a splendid sight. These serene images comforted Owen as he floated away from his home, from his family, from his father. The countryside was soft and calm and perfectly content. Owen, on the other hand, had to be practical He knew that he would not be able to get off this low-lying cloud on his own. He also knew that planes tended to avoid big patches of fog, so it was unlikely that he would be rescued. He was stuck, which meant he had to survive. Owen had nothing but the clothes on his back. Luckily, the fog was very malleable. He made himself shelter by shaping a mound of fog. He also made tools, mainly nets. He used these nets to nab what birds he could. It was tough hunting, but possible. This was how he lived his meager life, thousands of feet above a scrolling earth. One day, Owen saw something he had seen a hundred times before, but had never truly considered until now. While the object in question was average by our standards, Owen's unique vantage point gave him a new perspective. It was a rainbow, an arcing and glowing byproduct of the clouds. And it was massive. Starving from the measly meals of the birds and struck with a wild idea, Owen climbed on top of the behemoth and stabbed down with a cloudy knife. Owen ate like a god that night. Rainbow kept surprisingly well. Owen was able to store it and feast until he stumbled on another. Most of his adult life was reliant upon these wild rainbows. And yes, I said adult life. It had been many, many years since Owen had set foot on solid ground. This was all about to change though. As society expands and grows, it is always on the lookout for new places to store its people. One real estate agent heard somewhere that it could be possible to build foundations on clouds. He had this grand idea of finding a nearby patch of fog, hiring a helicopter, and dragging a developer friend of his up into the clouds. You can imagine their surprise when the real estate agent, pilot, and engineer arrived at the top of a large fog bank to find a middle-aged man in cloud clothes, wiping rainbow from the corner of his mouth. And you can imagine Owen's surprise when, after 25 years afloat, he saw human beings again. They were much larger than Owen remembered. The group brought Owen back down to reality, partly because they cared for his safety and well-being, but mostly because they needed to begin construction on a new high-end condo chain. Owen, finally back on the ground, did the first thing that most sensible folk tend to do when they find themselves back from a dangerous journey. He got his blood tested. Remember, blood tests are very important. You're stuck with your body more than you're stuck with anything else, so it's really crucial to know what's going on inside and be sure everything is working okay. We tend not to think very much of it, but Owen was a smart lad and he knew the importance of personal health maintenance. Now, Owen was already a remarkable person after having lived on a cloud for 25 years, but his life was not about to just return to normal. It turns out having a diet of only wild rainbows has adverse physiological effects. When the scientists drew his blood, they were shocked to find a cornucopia of color. It was found out that Owen's blood had 10 main colors, if you included black and white, What's more, while most of his body had a mix of these colours, each finger contained only one. Owen was inspired. He felt this was a gift, a a sign from a sort of being even higher than the clouds. He had seen the world, he had been gifted with the ready source of colour, and he wanted to show people what life was like on the clouds. That's how he ended up with us at Newton's Dark Room. Peculiar people with something to say typically do. After he began his stay at our headquarters... He spent most of his time trying to reconnect with his family. His father had passed away during Owen's journey. After a fight with cancer, his father died in a hospital bed, surrounded by loved ones. Owen visits that grave at least once a month, always leaving one of his drawings at the tombstone. You just listened to Newton's Dark Room Presents. This episode was created and performed by Talon Stradley. You can find more information on this show, The Collective, and our other podcasts at newtonsdarkroom.com. You can also follow us on social media at newtonsdarkroom to stay up to date on whatever we're working on. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Produced by Newton's Dark Room.